What are the most common mistakes that athletes make when pitching a sponsor? And what are companies actually looking for when deciding whether or not to sign a sponsorship deal? Well, those are some of the questions you will get the answer to in this episode of the Four Athletes series. So stay with me as I meet a real sport marketing expert from the corporate world who's been dealing with sponsorships for the past 30 years. Welcome to the Athlete Story Podcast, your chance to tap into wisdom from athletes and experts in world-class sports. You are about to be taken into a chat about sports careers and related issues between an awesome guest and your listening host. The Sports Insider, repurposed Olympic mogul skier, and former freeride world tour athlete, Anya Balbia. This is priceless insight about performance, personal challenges, strategy, finances, and of course, the tricky transition into life after sports. Listen in and enjoy these inspirational stories that are just too athlete-centered for mainstream media. There is so much great information and insight in this interview, but don't worry about taking notes, okay? I've done it all for you. All you got to do is head on over to athletestory.com forward slash sports marketing, where you can download an overview of all the main takeaways from this session with sports marketing expert Kjell Strude from Brand Activators. Today's guest is former global marketing director for the Carlsberg Breweries. He took the Carlsberg brand into sports marketing way back in the early 1990s. And then for the following 22 years together with the marketing team, he fulfilled and nurtured their international sport marketing strategy. Now, for the past six years, he's been acting as an independent sports marketing strategist and consultant through his own company called Brand Activators. He uses his unique experience to help sports properties. That's what you call things like the UEFA, international clubs, federations and athletes on the one side, and then big brands and corporations who need advice in executing a sponsor strategy on the other side. Now, I was lucky to meet Kel in one of his favorite places on a beautiful day in this little rowing club of Humlebeck, just north of Copenhagen, Denmark. A short break he had just after the World Championships in ice hockey and the Champions League, which are just some of the clients that he's working with. So if you're ready, let's go to Humlebeck Boat Club. Come on, follow me. Perhaps before we move on, I should just tell the listeners to not worry about us getting washed away by the waves that you can probably hear in the background. It's actually very calm here and we're sitting safely on the pier enjoying the sun. Welcome to the show, Athlete Story. Are you just back from uh, World Championships in ice hockey? In a couple of busy months, you know, a planning circuit of ice hockey, which so like peaked with a, a month of heavy activities. Parallel, I had to do the Danish Championship in football. And then right after, I went to Kiev to the UEFA Champions League. Not only my, my favorite team, Liverpool, played against Real Madrid. Unfortunately, we lost. Other than that, it was great. I had some great meetings and uh, had good chats with UEFA, which I was actually enrolled from the beginning in, two, uh, in 1993-94. It's amazing how that tournament has developed into a uh, not only uh, the most successful sports property, but also probably the most successful money machine in the world. So you work mostly with big events and properties like the UEFA brand? What I do mostly is I advise sports federations. Clubs, the likes of Barcelona, the likes of Champions League. And things like that. You sometimes are surprised about that it's a great product. They play fantastic football, they have a fantastic tournament, but sometimes they're not very good at what actually the, the commercial side of it. Mm-hmm. That's where I step in and say, okay, well, shouldn't I help you either optimize, maximize, get the best out of your 
sports property. On the other side, I also, you know, many times for my former company like Carlsberg or anything else, I step in and say, okay, how can you, how can we activate your 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 brand better once you have signed your sponsor contract? In a way, you work right. on both sides. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I do much. Mm -hmm. And which one I like most? I honestly, I like both. I really do. Original when I left Carlsberg, which is now six years ago, my whole idea was to take what I learned from brand marketing, brand strategy, turn it into sports uh, marketing. I had the idea that actually most companies probably need my help in terms of executing and activating sponsorships. When you're out there uh, to these events, what mm -hmm. is it that you do? Because I imagine most of the job will be beforehand, right? Yeah, it's it's a combination. I mean, uh, and, and each event, each uh, sponsorships or sports marketing property are very different, particularly my role as a consultant and advisor to different properties. It can be from the ice hockey, which was primarily planning the marketing strategy, planning the city strategy. And then once it came into operation, I turned into being part of the operation machine, which is not really what I do normally. But given that this was the biggest event in Denmark ever, plus the fact that way, way back, I had quite a bit of experience in operation. And mind you, I've been involved in this game for 30 years and have... I think I've got 14 Olympic uh, uh, events behind me and the uh, same with the World Championship in football and many other things. So I offer my help to the organization, said if I can help somehow, you know, so. That's your superpower. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> somehow, yeah. And uh, and I learned a lot from the athletes as well, because I think it's, it's a fantastic to be with all these different athletes. And, uh, and some, are, some are easier and some are better than other ones, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great world. And when I left Carlsberg, that was kind of my idea that I, I instead of having it for 50% of my time, now I want to go 100% of the time. Yeah. I'm six years down the road, and they seem to be doing quite well, so it's okay. Well, yeah. it's definitely use for it and especially like the whole landscape i imagine around marketing and sports marketing must be so different now with all these new media well yes. new now but mm, compared to yeah. 10 years yeah, ago yeah, yeah. it's new yeah. right true and uh yeah so th there's got to be a lot of opportunities and also yeah. a lot of confusion if you've been used to doing yeah. it yeah. the same way yeah. it is a fragmented world it's it's a there's a lot of opportunities there's also a lot of um traps which you can get into which you don't really understand and i think also for me it's 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 a it's a learning curve i mean when we when when i started this it was just just about getting you know, I, I used to joke about there's always 10 points so to speak and it's all about you know getting as much media exposure as possible it's about getting as much tickets as possible and and then try and calculate that out and you can literally list not even 10, 10 points when you sold a sponsorship. If you look at today, um, I, unfortunately, I still think a lot of people do like that. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's not really my opinion. That's what I'm trying to take away and say, well, we need to do it more differently. It's still the mantra for many sports federations, athletes. It's also still the mantra for many corporations who buy into sponsorship that, okay, it's all about exposure. It's all about uh, hospitality and that's it. I always say to people when I go into uh, to discussion with federations, friends, I keep saying, you know, Try and close your eyes and take the, the imagination that you don't have any TV coverage. What would you do then? And the room is completely silent because no one is not used to have big TV contracts. But that's nevertheless the fact today, except from football, mm -hmm. to a certain extent a couple of other sports. Most of them doesn't have big TV contracts. So they need to come up with new ideas of how to develop themselves. And that's a challenge uh, for everybody, including myself also. Yeah. But, but you should do that because that's the way you should force yourself yeah. to think, in my opinion. I know from the inside, having 
both been part of the Freeride World Tour as, yeah. as an athlete, and then yeah. I, I did one year freelance with them as well. And they, it's a, for like a private tour where they've said, okay, we do the media production, mm. we don't need the TV. <laughs> yeah. If they need us, we can tell yeah. whatever, yeah. How, how it works. But uh, that could be a strategy for... Uh, it, it's and I think it's a good strategy, particularly with, with the, the kind of new media, as you say, which is not new anymore, but still is it's looked upon as new media. Because if you take the old ski world uh, where you're coming from, if you take the classical alpine ski world, uh, my my prediction is that within five ten years they're going to suffer extremely because they're still depending on a few big countries like uh, Austria and Switzerland to a certain extent, France and Italy, but not mm-hmm. who still put quite a little bit on national broadcast TV. But, you know, nobody watches TV at 10 o'clock in the morning or whenever you the athletes are on the unfortunately. Well, I think, you know, uh, like the Pro Ride Tour and some of the more upcoming type of new sports and skiing, they have got the message because, it's a cliche, but they were starving. So they need to come up with something else. Well, the other guys are still relatively big fat guys sitting there having the TV contract. They don't care about it. But these guys, they are really uh, proactive, very curious about what to do. And I think the pro tour is a uh, pro free ride tour is a uh, is perfect example of that mm-hmm. where you really manage to uh, do your own TV, send it out, and uh, I don't know exactly the amount of money they get for it, but I think it's a it's a very nice uh, concept which I, I had to admire really well. I think it's great. I wish more will do that. Yeah, yeah. To be honest. yeah. Um, now I uh, have been a lot of involved with Olympic sports and mm-hmm. Olympic athletes, and. Um, I heard an interview in Canada yeah. where they referred to Olympians as the cheap labor of the Olympic Committee. <laughs> okay. Because, yeah. well, everybody around seemed to get their salary and their pay yeah. and their whatever. Yeah. But the athletes are pretty much starving. So what can you do as, a, as an Olympic athlete to, to try and become worth more so that you're attractive to a sponsor deal? or? It's a very good question. Um, I, I don't think I have the right answer, but I have some answers for you, and I think I have some ideas about it because it is it is tough. I mean, because um, you, and I hate to say this word, but it, it is a lot about personal branding. You need to, uh, and and I know it's a tough balance because you need to focus on that. You have to be good at what, and and you be heavy. You need to beat the guys. And again, if you're number. I just say number number thirty four or something. Like that. Then of course the interest for you as a product because the product is about who you perform and you win medals. Then sponsors say, okay, great, that's a medal, so we can use him or her to something, mm-hmm. uh, either advertise the campaign or whatever. Whereas if you're not there, you need to look into yourself as a brand and how can you help a particular sponsor or corporation, you know, being that being together somehow. Mm-hmm. And that's not easy uh, because also. Most companies today are extremely skeptical, critical about how they they take upon uh, new sponsorships. So if an athlete come to, if I take my old job, I said, if an athlete came to me and asked for for support, I would immediately ask me, okay, what can you deliver? Mm-hmm. And at that time, many athletes, I think the athletes have become much better today. But at that time, many athletes were like, well, I'm good at skiing, I'm good at badminton, I'm good at tennis, whatever. But my point was, okay, fine, but uh, if you're not jump free, what is my uh, return? What do I get? And most of the time they were numb. They didn't want to say. And I think many uh, good example of that is that if an athlete come in and has the opportunity to show that actually they can do more, either like you do yourself, physical programs with, uh, with the HR department or 
appearances to uh, different conferences and but it also requires a lot of skills I mean not I'm also from the sports world myself originally and I know not everybody is capable of doing that sort of like extrovertness and they have to do but I'm sorry to say but that's a little bit the, the name of the game today it's yeah. not just about being good at your sport you need to be good at selling yourself brand yourself uh, and like you're a bit of an entrepreneur as an athlete <laughs> in a way yeah yeah you, you need to and And I think that's. I think it's amazing when I see that because you're right. They are kind of cheap labor in, in many ways. Uh, and lucky wise, I think many governments start supporting and putting more money behind it. So it's not just about cheap labor. Mm -hmm. But of course, everything comes to an end there once you you experience that yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's you need to find out how you you balance that work. But uh, of course, I would as a coach, I always see you know you should be focused on the training because that's what's going to drive you to the good results. Yeah. But you also probably need to have it like a little bit like, I mean, rock stars, pop stars, they have an entourage, they have a manager, they have a, you know, uh, trainers, whatever else, sync trainers, whatever. You know. And you need that also as, a, as an athlete today. Yeah, so maybe sure. that's an investment that you should do pretty early on and say, okay, it's another cost from a budget yeah. that's very little it's very little to non-existent yeah. oh, but um, maybe yeah, that's yeah. just like the seed that yeah. you need I think almost uh, probably the wrong word to say but I think it's it's about it. once you have your first of all like in the you know that you, you need to set your goals you need to set your objectives your mission on what you want to achieve and that's fine if you say I want to be number one or number two or three for, for that so that's fine but alongside that you also need to say okay fine I need X amount of money How do I get that? Mm -hmm. Okay, is that by day one, go to a wealthy guy or company where I say, okay, I can help you with X, Y, and Z. I think that's the, the best way to do it. It's it's not easy. I mean, it, it's it's a sales job. Mm -hmm. And we all know that. It's also in my business. I need to be selling as well. I can't just sit here and think everybody's coming to me and say, oh, I want you to help me. Yeah. So it, it's it's a tough way. It, yeah. it is tough. Um, sometimes a little bit unfair, I think, because... Uh, Uh, you athletes give so much back to the to, to society in many aspects, but there's also many. And if you look upon it today, you have football up here, which is undescribable why it's so successful for many reasons. Even though I'm I'm very much involved in that, but you can't you can't touch that. But you need to think about what else there is. And there, I think there is a massive opportunities, but it's also a it's a red ocean. There's many working and trying to get in there so you need to find ways to go to the blue ocean to use that analogy that's, yeah, yeah. that's really important yeah. so that's uh, that's the thing and then then ways to differentiate yourself I imagine because if yes. we all come yes. with the same sponsor yes. proposal it's, yes yeah. yes and that's a little bit back to my 10 points or five points it, mm -hmm. it many comes with the same so okay I can give you X amount of branding uh, sorry exposure I can give you X amount of this and that you need to think out of the box yeah. uh, and I'll, I can't take an, a good example at the moment but but I just remember when people start and particularly individuals actually start coming around and say okay well I can probably offer you a session where I you take your top management to a particular club whether it's skiing or it's sailing whatever at that time I think that's where I think wow okay this guy's got something mm -hmm. I can actually give you a good example because we were sponsored of the Olympic Danish Olympic sailing team which was a little bit separate out And they were well. They were supported by Team Denmark, but they were also a little bit individual. And when we signed the deal, we signed a little bit out of the out of the Team Denmark uh, uh, sponsorship. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. We said to them clearly, yes, we know you're not, we're not going to get very much exposure. You're not the biggest sport in Denmark, but you are a great bunch of guys. So you need to help us how we can develop things together. So we develop everything from, you know, okay, get on match race, which at that time was first time ever, you know. We had we had some of our clients out on the boat, learning how to, to sail the boat, all about the psychological man. Because these athletes, like your skiers, they're extremely uh, powerful in terms of their determination and how they train and stuff like that. And I, I think uh, it's probably one of the most successful sponsorships ever, uh, even though yeah. it was a small one. Yeah. But it was great because there was ded dedication. And yeah. I think... One point which uh, we just talked about also when I was in Kiev, and this, uh, I mean, the engagement factor is so important today. How do you engage yourself with your sports property and the sponsor? How do they engage instead of just having this, okay, you've got 10 minutes of exposure, fine, or you get 100 tickets for a final. That's also important, mm -hmm. but you need to find that that engagement factor. Yeah. Right? That's important. If you can be part of the story, like mm -hmm. mutual yeah. story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's important. I, I can come with another example, actually. Well, no, yeah. Just thinking of right now. Yeah. Uh, when I qualified for the Olympics for the first time in mogul skiing, uh -huh. there, uh, a, a Danish journalist, rest in peace, because he's yeah. not, no longer with us, okay. but he, um, he got this idea for, uh, it was a, a, a union. They yeah. wanted to, to test sponsoring. Okay. Sports sponsoring. So yeah. they didn't know anything about it. They just had the example of another union who had yeah. great success with the yeah. Danish team handball. Yeah. And uh, so he said, well, I know this young athlete. Yeah. Uh, she's probably cheap. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. can do, make some yeah. uh, experience yeah. in, into what sports yeah. sponsorship can yeah. do. Yeah. So that can be another angle. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, you're not as expensive as a yeah. single person and, yeah. and the, the company can make yeah. Uh, yeah. some experiences. Yeah. And, and they actually, they ended up measuring that 2% of the Danish population knew what mogul skiing was yeah. before yeah. and after it was 50%. Wow. So it was okay. successful was for, yeah, for, yeah. for not Great. a lot of money. <laughs> and they got some interaction with you also and they could... Uh, yeah, because yeah, they, okay. they had like a member's uh, magazine. Yeah. So there was always a little story. Yeah, okay. Yeah, good. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's that's about... It is about finding this... Uh, particularly for individual athletes, which is not easy. I, I admit that. But... I think it is to try and think out of the box and find a point of difference where, I mean, marketing, you tell about, about USP, what is your unique selling point? And mm -hmm. you need to find that within your your own brand, so to speak. Um, and, and, I, and I think actually, I haven't thought very much about what I'm saying now, but I think <laughs> actually if you, if you turn it around, you say, okay, well, today the world is so fragmented because also marketing companies, that's actually what I, where I think many of the big properties such as football, not necessarily football, but some of those just below, they will suffer because nobody has that kind of money they ask for just to put on one thing. Whereas most brands today, even the big brands like the Coca-Cola, Apple and, and so on, they think very much on small pockets. So I think if one athlete could find a way of get into that one of those small pockets, then there's money for them. Mm -hmm. because they, they, but again, you need to find the storyline. You need to yeah, decide yeah, why, yeah. what can I do which makes your brand successful in that particular area. Yeah. Whereas the social media story following Anya for the next 10, uh, 10 months on something, fine. Or it's uh, come to uh, to 10 uh, presentations or, or speeches with, with Anya, whatever. Then I think there is something. And that's that's maybe where there's a better chance for many athletes today than just going with, go up against the big boys. Because mm -hmm. the big boys will most likely always be there. And they are still 
extremely conservative in the way they market themselves. Yeah. And why do you do that? Well, because TV is still the biggest uh, contributor. So they, in a way, they don't really care too much about you know, if being innovative and thinking out of the box. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's, uh, I always said, you know, uh, I, I live very much from a small sort of like sentence called Cairo. That's all about that. You need to be consistent in what you do. You need to try and consist yourself in what you do. And, and you need to have some kind of awareness in what you do. Relevance is really important because um, many times when I was in my old job, you had athletes come up and say, okay, uh, well, I'm a, I'm a marathon runner. I want you to be sponsored with you. So I say, think about it. Carlsberg, a beer, sponsoring an athlete's a marathon. Is, does that make sense? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does you have a name? Yeah, but I'm an alcohol brand. You shouldn't be on my... I mean, and that's sometimes still some of people saying, why do you think about it? Think mm -hmm. relevant in what you do. And then be innovative in what you do. That's also the, that's the I in what I'm saying. And, and finally, the, um, rel sorry, the organization also. You need to be organized. You need mm -hmm. to find a way of organizing yourself so you can also deliver what you are promising. So mm -hmm. That's also sometimes an issue. Yeah. For yeah. both parts, as a matter yeah. of fact. But you also need to ask demands from the organization who you become sponsored with and say, okay, well, if, if we have a partnership, you also need to set aside either a person or a certain amount of resources to make sure that actually we can bring it together because yeah. otherwise it doesn't make sense. So that's, for me, very important that these, these things come along. What do you think of the idea of athletes uh, grouping together to make like this? You have, say, you have a sailing athlete and a skiing athlete, and they have different seasons, and and but still kind of in the same image of being outdoors. And and could there be an idea of, of grouping together and, and proposing like a package? Of, uh, That's a good idea, I think. <laughs> no, honestly, I mean, uh, I would um, again find the company who, who, who you think could do things like that, then I think it's, it could be fantastic. Yeah. Because, because I think that could take away the, a little bit of the vulnerability mm. of sponsoring just one athlete. Yeah. Like with the chances yeah. of injuries. And that's also, oh. yeah, that's all. <laughs> no, and I think, uh, you know, if you have the right company, I think, uh, I can just think about it anyway, but I think it would be great to, okay, if you are in skiing, you are in sailing, you are maybe in uh, running and, and and other sport badminton or tennis mm -hmm. whatever yeah. I will from a person from a company party, I think it would be great if you could offer say to, to your employee or to your business contact wow I got four different uh, setup of, 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 of athletes I think that would be fantastic I think another just thinking about this now I think actually there's an interesting story also I'm sure you heard about this but many many there's many sort of like entrepreneurs who now are thinking about well if I come to me with, if I had my, my daughters and they, they want to be good at um, tennis, then they offer them special tennis uh, lessons with a a star. So if it's Boston Yards, she's probably a little bit too far. But anyway, so they, they, they bridge the, the two. And the many private people today, because they are so, it's all about being individual. And now I'm being a little bit full up. But they've been very ambitious on their, their, their kids, perhaps. They they hire these people to, mm -hmm. to, to do the very things. I just think it a lot louder. Why don't you? Why don't athletes do that? I mean, yep. why don't you say, okay, well, if there is four athletes, okay, within the company, okay, there's probably 30 young bright kids who want to be a ski star. So why don't they hire Anya to to teach them to be more competitive, be more skiing, whatever you know, mm -hmm. instead of having a company out in the world who's taking a 
a fee for, for doing that. I think that could be a great way of doing yeah, sponsorship, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. And then you can offer that maybe in sailing as well or something else. Yeah, it could be interesting, for sure. So what about uh, the role of social media? Yes. Because now, like, we have a lot of athletes uh, posting whatever, to, you know, to keep getting more and more followers, and some have an impressive amount of followers. Yeah. And I guess there can be some power in that. Yeah. And is that also what, when you talk about traps, is that also what you? I, I think I think it's 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 funny that I still think you know even though we joked about it, it's new media, it is still new media. I think there's still so many people, maybe including myself, who doesn't really understand the power of the the, uh, the new media, the social media, the influence and stuff like that. We did a bit part in uh, in terms of ice hockey where we tried to put the influence in. I think there's traps because you can be sure that there's many of these influencers you you hire or you ask to help you out. No, Somebody wants to have a lot of money. Some is fairly proud just to be associated with it. But nevertheless, it's still, you need to ask Uh, obligations to these people because many times they think themselves as being something which is just a gift to God, so to speak. So, <laughs> so it's. I think again, it's a little bit the same. You need to you need to prepare yourself properly, and you need to set some certain rules, or obligations, and, and some commitments to these influencers about how they can help either associate your brand or how they can help associate other. Does that make sense? Or But I think yeah. that's in. That's one of the things. I think influencers has enormous power in many aspects. I've seen many of those, and I think also when I go out on devices today, uh, it's, it's a relatively new area for me as well, but I'm, I'm much more in my back now to say, well, in my pocket, I should, we should definitely look at upon the influencers well, because they, they can do an extremely difference if they are managed well and executed well, so to speak. Yeah. So, so there. And maybe that's also a way for, for athletes to be more Uh, associate, and I think most athletes today has a strong profile on. Yeah. Uh, but again, I think it's also about being a professional, also having people maybe help you. Because I understand how can a 15, 16 years old kid who is focused on trying to be best in, in a particular sport also have time for that. So he needs to have this yeah. organization behind yeah. him, this help. So, but you know that better than anyone. That's, that <laughs> takes takes a lot of. Uh, takes some of the focus yeah, away. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's but, for sure. Um, I, ju I just watched a movie with um, it's a basketball player yeah. trying to make it but then some stuff happens and he can't get in the, uh, the American college system because they he somehow is judged as being uh, professional and then yeah. it's not but what he does then is uh, takes his social media following and and gets them all involved and in a way that's gonna, that's what allows him to take the step into becoming professional yeah Because he's just always walking around with that camera, and and that's what we can do today. We can yeah, uh, mm. like when back when I was skiing, <laughs> uh, who would come out and watch us on a uh, early yeah. Saturday morning yeah. way out in yeah, the mountains? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. Um, but now we have this power to take yeah. people with us out there yeah. virtually. Yeah. And uh, of course, that's what's being used more and more. I think that's a. Particularly in, in individual sports like skiing and in other sports, I think it's a fantastic tool you have there. Mm. Because, um, okay, I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm a big fan of skiing, so maybe I'm a little bit pro on that one. But, <laughs> but I think, you know, I've, the many videos I've, I've watched, just a small click of five minutes, but I'm amazed how well executed they are. And I follow many uh, freestylers, everything else, because I think it's great. And, and 
you can also see works and you can see many of the particularly the, the sports brands uh, are really taking that that advantage and using it on uh, different social media platforms i think that's fantastic i think also uh, just going back to one of the conservative sports speaking of that uh, social media thing you, you see most big football clubs today once they're done their uh, once they've done their match there's a bunch of guys running out to them on the pitch and tap them on with a with a GoPro camera or something like that, and then they're running around doing all sorts of crazy things. And if you look at the the club's website, it's amazing what they do. I mean, did that two years ago, people would say, oh, crazy, I mean, don't even do that. Mm-hmm. And you still see, unfortunately, too many of these football players saying no to it. Mm-hmm. But I saw in my, my own club where I work on uh, FC Copenhagen, they do it quite well, and they, I think it's, it's great pictures, and yeah. something which TV cannot provide either. I know TV has a problem with it, that's another thing, but that's... Uh, <laughs> That's their call. So, wait, but then can can TV actually impose what they say? Like we're exclusive and you cannot do any of these things. No, not really. I, I think that's to be honest. I don't know the exact contract, but it looks like that's not part of the contract. So, mm-hmm. but I think it's the opposite. I think many times the clubs provide that to TV. Yeah. Now, whether that's a part of the contract or not, I'm not sure. About mm-hmm. that, but somehow, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Because often we, we'll, as athletes, we will have possibilities of making images that they can't get. Yeah. So that's also something. Yeah. To yeah. yeah. So right when you cross finish line, you just. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But th- that you should. Yeah. I think it's a, uh, and I'll even say, you know, I think some of the free rides now they have a, a helmet camera on, and don't they when they? Do oh yeah, the, uh, even yeah. back when yeah. I did it, they, yeah. we got a helmet. Yeah. on and yeah. and once we were down yeah. we gave them the card yeah. and they could start editing yeah, yeah, already yeah, yeah. that's I think that's great that's yeah. the way to do it I mean, you know pictures are so much more philosophy said that yeah. one time but it's much stronger than words you know that's, <laughs> that's I think it is that's, that's true we still are in that world people love to see great videos great stuff you know, but, yeah, yeah I, I, I still to this day have people who When I show them a video, or when they find a video on YouTube, they say, yeah. is that what you would do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you just don't know, right? No, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's great. Okay. So how how did you find out that that was what you would have wanted to do in life? I mean, it sounds oh, like well, a terrible job. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is, I think, it is uh, accidental. It, it really is, you know. I was... Uh, And I'm not going to bore you with my old stuff because I'm an old man. But I would say, <laughs> my, but I had no plans to a be in commercial business. I was really want to be a forester or a professional uh-huh. football player, but I was not good enough. Uh, so quickly I went to the academic, and forest was really tough to be in. And then I started getting into a, a commercial and took an MBA in, in Copenhagen School of Business. And uh, my third job, by coincidence, was to become Walter Carlsberg. Again, I was not really. Like everybody else, I love beer and I drank beer, and so on, but I hadn't, and I was sure that was going to be three years, nothing else. But somehow I was in a lucky because Carlsberg was in the in the merge of trying to develop himself to an international brand. We didn't have too much money, although it sounded a little bit pathetic when you have to know how much money Carlsberg today, but really marketing, but whatever. So I took the chance to say, well, I think being involved in marketing, maybe sport could help us because sports is big, broad, and wide. So maybe we can do something like that. And the first one we signed was actually the World Champ- European Championship football, and people saw how much it could be developed. And also that became sort of like my DNA and and Casper's DNA, and I continued for 22 years. But it also became more and more evident that actually we were becoming much more, become very number fixed. 
not so emotional anymore. Uh. And I kind of felt that, okay, my time is finished and I really want to develop myself. And I was thinking about going to a bigger job, but I think I always had this urge to try and figure out what is on the other side. So I thought, well, I love sports. I always, I've been done quite well in terms of what we've done. So I think, why don't we try and give it, give it a chance to see if I can go out there and make a difference. I think my, my advantage was that I had seen both sides, which many, many agencies, many advisors, they're either on one side or the other side. And I think so far so good. That has been my, my little advantage that I understand both sides of the coin, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, so if you, so, so yeah, that's what I do, and I, I'm extremely happy what I do. I think it's fantastic, and uh, to work with sport and sports brand and, and, and branding in general, I think yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, and it seems like you're pretty successful getting the big contracts and like, <laughs> helping these organizations, like, like for example, with the with the ice hockey world yeah. championships. Mm -hmm. It's not so famous here in Denmark. No. no. But it was held in Denmark, and yes. so you have to like educate a whole lot of people. Yeah, on. I think the philosophy. I mean, it, it, the the philosophy we had was okay. We first of all we hired the best people we could get. We, we hired a, a very very good CMO, uh, my Grimnitz, who actually happened to be in my my department before, and because I knew her very well, and I knew she came out of Asia where she's done. Uh, Nothing to do with Isaac. She's done the UFC, uh, the Oxford Fighting Championship. Uh -huh. But the whole idea was to say we hire good people, and also we don't want to look upon it as an ice hockey championship because ice hockey is not a well-known sport in Denmark. So we looked upon it as a big event, and we created this sort of like hero universe that you know the heroes are coming to town, and so we we focused very much on the fact that it was not about ice hockey only, uh -huh. and that was actually a big challenge because of course you have the old federation with no disrespect they've done a very good job but they say well it's all about how you isolate I mean, you need to tell but we say well if you want to get 300,000 people or more you need to tell the story that this is a big event and it's actually as a matter of fact the biggest event ever coming to Denmark so tell that story communicate that story to people of Denmark then they'll start saying wow we need to go and see that because it's not going to come again tomorrow and I think that was one of the successful elements we had Then what took us by surprise was that actually, normally you say 30% of the visitors are from foreign countries. We ended up by 50%. And today I don't still have the clue of why, but but apparently hockey fans travel a lot. So they came from all over the, the world, from Canada, Russia, Slovakia, Czech, and, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So that was also a strong success. So we had many matches where you know 50% of the uh, the public were from, from different uh, countries. And also amazingly, on contrary to football, fans love to be together, despite the fact that they are rivals on the pitch, on the ice. I think that was very, uh, that was very so it was a very big success. And uh, I only play a small part of that, but I, and I'll say the organization was really, really good. And I think what I was lucky with was that I had my experience and I could tell people what to do and what not to do and so on. And so, on. That was, that was so Yeah, but that's right up my alley okay. with the storytelling because yeah. that's what I'm preaching that you you gotta know your story and know those little stories in your story. Yes, that yeah. that are value to other people because that's how you can become a value to other people. 100%. Whether it's as a whole sports yeah. team or as a yeah. one person. No, no, but you're absolutely right, and I think that was exactly what we did. And you, you, you hit the right button when you say storytelling because it was the storytelling about the heroes are coming to Denmark. 
and they're coming from all over the place from this big hockey nation like Canada, USA, Russia. Wow, they're coming actually to play in our country where we have 24 hockey arenas and 4,500 people playing active hockey. I mean, I saw the joke saying, somebody said that 4,400, 500 players, they have more referees in Toronto area <laughs> for our hockey. And so, you know, it was, so we couldn't really sell ourselves as a hockey nation, but we could sell ourselves as bringing two great um, um, arenas, great atmosphere, great uh, people, blah, 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 all these things. And I think that was really where we, we made a point of difference. And from what I heard from Enwan Meyer, who now is wrapping everything up, you know, that the International Ice Festival that this is one of the best events ever. And I have to say, come on, that's a very big <laughs> achievement coming from nations like Russia and Sweden and wherever else, you know. So I think they could be pretty proud, or everybody can be pretty proud, because it was also about a team effort, coming back to that. Mm -hmm. It was a team. There was a lot of volunteers. There was a relatively small group of 100% uh, full-time employed, and everybody paid such a contribution. And I think that was uh, a great story to tell also. And I think that will be told for, for many years. Uh, my point is, and that's maybe also a little warning to federations and others, is that the problem many times is that federations and sports property uh, rights holders, whatever, they, they still think very short term. So when you ask them what's going to happen now, people are like, you're not really sure. Mm. And you should tell that story. That should continue. There's a great story to tell out in the clubs, out in the recruiting new people to play hockey and so on and so forth. And that's where many times people stop here and then they don't pick it up. Okay, let's say now you're out with the client, the company mm? who's considering whether or not to go into a sponsor deal. Yeah. What are the things that you would be looking at? Well, number one, and I said that many times in our conversation, it's all about relevance. I mean, is it relevant for you, your company or your product or your brand or whatever? Why is the connection? So that's my first question to any uh, potential client or a company I, I work with because otherwise it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it's a very simple question, but you won't believe how many people who had never thought about that. Yeah. And uh, I, as you know, sometimes a simple question is the, word, the most difficult question. So that's that's why I looked upon. And then of course I looked upon, you know, okay, your your target group, your uh, all, all the different uh, marketing, your, your target group, relevance, media exposure, uh, other activities you can use with it. And first and foremost also, I mean, what sort of budget do you have? I mean, uh, are you in for buying uh, the big Champions League in football? Or are you in for having a small little sponsorship which works really well for you on, on a particular market? Are you on different platforms? Uh, and and what can you use it for? Uh, that's the thing. And I think one of the things I, I preach very much when I also do speeches and stuff like that, I think, you know, sponsorship is... Is, is, is two things. It is, um, it is, you need to know your facts, you need to understand that there is a return for you in terms of pure cool facts, in terms of the numbers, the money and stuff like that. But it's also a lot about heart and emotions. And I used to say, and I have, I have to make that, that, that change in my own perception, because I used to say, yeah, we can do, every, we can measure everything. If you can't measure sponsorship, don't do it. It's not really true because I think the, you can measure so many things today, but where sponsorship makes a difference is that it's very much personal, engaging, uh, and it's emotional. 
And I think that that is the success sponsorship still can have among companies and among brands. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, you need to get your basic rights. So you cannot just go out with something that's completely nuts. But it's also important that you find that engaging emotional uh, button which you can uh, actively sponsor with. So that's some of the things I really ask when I when I start looking into. So actually, that gives an extra angle for relevance. Yeah. Like say you say you have this brand and and you have a. You, you want people to feel a certain way mm-hmm. with this brand. Yeah. Uh, either if it's like a clothing brand, you want them to feel uh, prestigious or glamorous or whatever. Yeah. Then yeah. Um, that feeling should go through into the sponsorships that you make. That's also and, true. And yeah. communicate mm-hmm. that yeah. glamour. Yeah. yeah. And it's not necessarily that every... I mean, that's also... Let's be honest, you know, it's not all brands and all companies who, need, who has a has a national association and if they aren't don't do it please don't do it because it's the worst thing is also a mismatch because I had many places where I come up to ask people so and they say yeah we have the sponsorship in the drawer you know we pay uh, 100.000 euros a, a year frankly don't know what to do with it and I looked at it and said well I understand it because it's not a mess so either get rid of it or try and figure out how to activate it if you can if you cannot then stop the uh, relationship um And that's a little bit also where, and I've become a little bit nerdy, but I think that's also where many times you, the, the trap is, you know, because you get very emotional attached, mm. either with because you love skiing or you love football, and, and many there's still the CEO uh, sponsorship. But even though we've been become much better, it's still a fact that many times it is, and it's not a bad thing as long as the CEO or the management of this company understand that we also need to make a relevance for my company not only for me personally but as also my company for, 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 for what to do and I think that's still a question to ask wherever you go and it's not always being answered very correctly mm-hmm. uh, but otherwise it is a classical marketing model you know you need to always look about your target group your area of sponsor, uh, responsibility uh, the reach of the sponsorship and all that all these things need to become part of your Your, your mix, and what I think is very important, and many companies doesn't do that uh, their homework. It's about research. You need to research and find out. You know, select your sponsorship portfolio and say, I want to be involved in X, Y, and Z before you take it. Instead of having these sort of spontaneous, oh, okay, I met Anya. She's good looking, and I like her because she's good skier. Let's do it. It's good for you. <laughs> But I think for a company point of view, it's not necessarily good. So, so that's some of the things you need to um, to take into your consideration. And still, unfortunately, many companies doesn't do that. And and why do most companies? Is they're like, I guess there must be some reasons why you want to go with sport sports sponsorship. Well, what's like the most common reason for that? I think there's a, a there is a group of professional companies who knows why they want to be sponsored. The national one, of course, the one who's naturally associated with sports, with sports brands and stuff like that. They know exactly why they do it. Then there is a, a, a different bunch of companies, including my my former company Carlsberg, who know also why they're doing it. But then there's still a big group of unknowns who doesn't really know exactly why they're doing it. They don't have a strategy for what they're doing and. And they become very emotionally and attached driven, mm-hmm. so spontaneous driven to it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Why don't we take because I happen to know someone who knows someone, and they need some support. Yeah. 
Uh, it's good for the athletes. I can only say that. I, But I only short term, right? Short term, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't really. It, it again, cliche. But it's a partnership. Mm -hmm. You need to be a partnership. Yeah. If you can't offer a partnership, don't go there. I think it works both ways. That's yeah. really my my message to both sides of the coin, so to speak. I think that's very important. And too many doesn't realize that yet. What are some of the most common mistakes you see people making when they go looking for a sponsor? So you mean on the athlete side? Yeah, on the athlete or team or yeah. Yeah, team. Yeah. First of all, um, the most common mistake is that they haven't done their homework. They're not prepared well, so they go into these meetings with a with a feeling that okay, well, they should sponsor me because uh, I'm I'm the best gift to to this company. But if you ask the question back and say, so why? Most of the time they'll say, just because I'm good or it's my sport. So I think that's the, really that's the most uh, common mistake people do. And then it's about also that a certain kind of laziness, maybe that's a little bit unfair, but, but or confidentness saying, okay, well, I can only, I'm, I'm a good skier or I'm a good tennis player, but Frankly, I don't really care about what else it takes for me to become partner with this company. So, yeah. so it's a little bit of ignorance. Uh, not saying that they're bad people, because I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying they are a little bit sort of ignorance in the sense of, or naive in, in the sense of what does it take for me to come in. And it's, coming back to our early conversation, it's all about selling. You need yeah. to sell yourself on a very, very strong uh, performance, because otherwise you won't get it. So I think that's... And you might more. as well learn because it's that's going to be like that for the rest of your yeah. life. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's in any aspect of what I'm doing today also. That's, it's not easy either. And everybody knows that it takes... You need to put your yourself up there and, and make sure that you you have your five minutes or ten minutes or whatever it is. And you need to perform like hell. Uh, or not like hell. Like the best you can do. Uh, sorry. And uh, and that's, uh, that's really important. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Uh, not understanding but it's a little bit of preparation they don't understand the business right they haven't really thought about what is it actually business do I mean uh, you know classical thing check your I mean today it's so easy you have corporate websites go in and find out you know what exactly it stands for why is it they, they could be become a potential sponsor for me what is the is the link I used to say when I do my things you know put relevance together find out you know on one side they have X, Y and Z uh, values does these values compare to what you stand for and how you perform and things like that it's simple stuff but unfortunately most of the time people either tend to forget it mm -hmm. are lazy about it or doesn't really understand it so it takes a lot of preparation to, to go into a to speech and also getting that's also I mean that's another thing which today is very a buzzword but you know networks you know you need to start finding your networks make sure that you know someone who knows someone because if you call in and say hi I'm Andy or I'm Kel I want to have a sponsor most people say fine thank you come again tomorrow and I'm, I don't have time tomorrow either. so it's all about working on that yeah. and then also I think many times they have too high expectation compared to the output uh, so you know okay well uh, I want I'm just making up numbers but now but okay I want 100,000 or 500,000 euros uh, But if you look at it from your side, well, come on, I can only see the value of you of maybe 50,000 euros. I mean, mm -hmm. so even there, they start 
feeling wrong about it. So, so it's also about thinking about what it, what it means. And how important is it to put on a number? Uh, I think, why don't you just tell things up, up front and tell me, oh, this is what I get, because then they don't disappoint anyone. Uh, instead of, I see many clients also are working for an hour where we, we try to, okay, let's meet up and have a good chat and we chit chat. And, and you know, then you have meeting two, meeting three, meeting four, and finally meeting five, you say, okay, this is what I want. I feel like, wow, okay, that was not what I expected. I thought something yeah. different. Yeah. I'm not saying it's also nice to have a couple of meetings where, because that's also, it could also be a good approach to come in and say, okay, well, I'm here, I'm there. I would very much like to to become partner with you. What what would that take? Most people will take, most company will take that as, a, as an invitation and be serious about it. Mm-hmm. But there's always there's a risk, you know, because also, you know, we live in a, in a time where things are moving like this, you know. So the guy who is brand manager or whatever, he had a thousand other things, you know, so he easily could forget that. And he's very nice to say, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. And I'll come back to him in two weeks and then we'll discuss again. By the time he hasn't done anything about it. So it's about, again, I used to say, as, a, as an athlete or an organization who wants to sponsor, you need to create your toolbox. And that toolbox has to be ready to give to the sponsor, say, this is what I have. And he opened up and there's almost everything in it. So he doesn't need to make a very much decision. He, make, he makes one decision that is, but he wants to get you on board, pay the money you're asking for or not. Because there's so many different offers out there today and fragmented again, we're coming back to that. So there's no time for it. There's no, there's no people employed just only to be a sponsorship manager, friends. Mm-hmm. They are everything else. Yeah. So you need to get their attention, and having attention is to make their life easy. Yeah. So. Yeah, because so. you have to think of what does he have to do from here. From yeah. This, yeah. Who does he or she have yeah. to pre- present it to? How does she yeah. she sell it to the other people who are maybe? Yeah. Because that's a, that's another coming back to mistakes. I think there's one mistakes many athletes does. They they all say, okay, we have to go to the CEO because he's going to make the decision. It's, it's, it's true, and uh, you can be lucky, but many times you can also be unlucky because the CEO has a good organization, he has his team, he trusts very much. So if he comes down to a marketing manager, who is the one who actually had to live with him on a day-to-day basis, oh, I signed a deal with Anya, by the way, and the marketing manager why didn't you tell me? I mean, why didn't you ask me to get involved? Yeah. So it works sometimes very negatively. On the other hand, if you go to the marketing manager, then he needs to go to the CEO to convince the CEO. And there's nothing better for him to have a a box of, of convincing tools which you are providing mm-hmm. with saying that's the reason why. Then it's easier for him. Yeah. And, and many times, athletes or organizations want to have not done that uh, job properly. So that, that I think is very important in, yeah. in any aspect. Yeah, because um, it, in a way it's the same dynamics as when you pitch a story to a newspaper or whatever. Yeah. That you you want to see how you can make the journalist's life easier. Yeah. <laughs> you need to to carve out the story, and then he will add his small comments and add things on it. That's that's the thing. And uh, I see that many times also being involved in the media. But the more you pre- prepare yourself for that and give that to them, the easier it is, and the better story you get. Yeah. And that's the same with uh, sponsorships for sure. So how is the future with sponsorships? Uh, that is, a, for me, a very good question. I, I don't really have the right answer. The only thing I can see after being involved in almost 30 years of, of this business is that there's been surprisingly little development in the business, which I don't really understand why, because it is it is a big part of people's life, and it's also a big part of people's life to be 
contributing in terms of, I mean, people pay enormous amount of money to go and watch sport, see sport. So it should be relative to try and look out how to come up with new ideas. That's for me is still very surprising. I think secondly, speaking of disruption, that's the big word, but it is actually also interesting in sponsorship. And I think there is a, there's a need to be much more disruptive, otherwise you will not survive in the long run. Coming back to our discussion about TV, many organizations still think oh, it's great to have TV behind. It is. The TV channels are also suffering and they don't have the same amount of money anymore. So they'll cut, 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 cut. So everybody, including the IOC, UEFA, FIFA, whatever, they need to think out of the box, which they don't at the moment. It's very... It's a lazy way of doing marketing today. It's again about the, the 10 points on the paper you, you put 1 million for each or even 100 million for each, and that's it. You need to find a way. The one who dare to do that, I think will win at, in the longer term. But it's also to have the, the, the courage and the guts to do it because it means loss of income for, for a time and nobody really dare to do that. So we're all a little bit trapped in the same sort of like a bottleneck where I don't really want to move around. I think responsibility will continue on, but I think also you see a change into a a much more dynamic and and, and, and be only a small part of a company's brand marketing. And whether it's athletes or big organizations, they need to find out how they can tap into that. And I still don't think they have done that very properly, so to speak. But again, like I said, in particular sports entertainment, I mean, we all get more and more time for uh, for that, and therefore, there, I think there's many, many ways of, of doing sponsorship. But mm-hmm. You also need to understand how to do that. I think your own area is fantastic. I think you see more people joining into leisure or a mix of leisure and, and, and performance art, where you need to come out and live out your own dreams and that is also I think an area for sponsorship to be involved in yeah, yeah. it's just funny that yeah, the whole experience economy that uh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and the selfie moments right yeah yeah Provide selfie moments, selfie yeah, moments. Yeah, yeah. and that will continue I think that's <laughs> and that's uh, so So, and I think uh, the world of sports somehow is it, still extremely conservative mm-hmm. very conservative and I I don't see why they should because they you know everybody from a small kid to to old people lives through their sport and love sport so they, they should somehow be involved in that yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe the poster child is red bull <laughs> in in experimenting with with new i think areas. red bull has done a fantastic job uh, uh, in both organizing all different events and marketing so uh, but i think also a little sort of like little comment on this is that it's also easy for Red Bull you know disrespect that you know you have a one man band the owner who decides on what to do uh-huh. and yeah. he does that and he's passionate when he is not there anymore how do how do that look like and that's the thing you know you can you can really distinguish between corporations uh, like the one I was behind in my earlier days where you have to take into consideration the budget always time where again private organizations or private owners has much more freedom to go out and say, okay, well, we do this and that. Maybe that's also a hint to athletes. Think about that because corporations are really difficult. And it's their nature. I mean, I don't blame them because they have so many, they have a budget of X, say 100, but you need to find so many different marketing tools within that 100 budget. And I think, you know, the days are over where you come up and say, okay, I want 80% of that 100. 
that's not going to happen anymore. So, so therefore, it's much more difficult. Whereas if you have a private person, he has, he has a passion for cycling or whatever, you know, and he can go all the way in. Uh, I hope you're listening, because this is a good tip. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good tip, and I think you should. Yeah. We'll, we'll take that with us. You need, to, uh, you need to research the background, understand the product, and what is the, the, the good storyline you want to tell. What is the, the story you want to tell? That's some of the things you should take away. That's important. Regardless of if it's the, the World Championship in ice hockey or it's uh, individual ski sponsorship or sailing, it's the same. I'm often being asked that, particularly when I was at Carlsberg, we say, yeah, yeah, it's so easy for you to say you're successful because you have so much money and it's, uh, it's amazing. And that's why I tell this story about the Olympics, because Olympic sailing, because, yeah, it's of course easier when you have a huge budget behind to do things, but sometimes it's also difficult because you know, what are you going to do next time? You know, and I think it's not about money, because, or it's, it's the same whether it's the World Championship in Ice Hockey or the Champions League or a small sponsorship. Mm-hmm. It's the same mechanism. Yeah. It's just you scale, a bit, you scale it up and it's more, but it's more or less basically basic the same. The thing with sponsorship, uh, and that's maybe my memory, is that it is definitely not rocket science. It is extremely simple because it's about people, it's about emotion. So don't make it more difficult than it is. Uh, that's, it, it is not difficult. But it's, it's difficult to find the, the, the hook and attachment to a particular sponsor. That's the challenge. And that's why we can use people like you. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for so, taking us and showing us this place. Yeah, where you, this uh, is where you go when you're off work. This is where I go morning, most right? every morning I'm here because I love it if I'm not traveling. That's a fantastic place. Uh, I mean, and you hit a good day in Denmark. It's not very often, but it's great. Yeah. So yeah. thank you for inviting me to this uh, little show. Right. Great. Yeah. So thanks again to today's guest. And I gotta say, I'm already looking forward to presenting you to yet another fabulous guest in the next episode of Athlete Story. So in the meantime, you take care, okay? Bye. Remember that you can get a simplified overview of all the main takeaways from this session over at athletestory.com forward slash sports marketing so that you have it at hand for whenever you're gonna be working on your sponsor proposals. So head on over to athletesorder.com forward slash sports marketing. If you have any fellow athletes or people who you think could benefit from listening to this, of course, I'd be very grateful if you'd share this podcast with them. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Athlete Story. You are awesome. If you are yourself a world-class athlete or former, don't hesitate to come over on athletestory.com and check out more free stuff and resources to help you thrive in and benefit from your sports career. Dare to prepare. Then get yourself out there. Stay in touch.